Hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Singers Podcast. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe. And, you know, uh, this episode is going up on a Thursday, which is a little bit unexpected. Normally, we uh, we put this up on uh, Saturday. But here's the, here's the thing, okay? This upcoming Saturday, July the 23rd, we got a little something called San Diego Comic-Con. And at that event, Marvel will have their Hall H panel. And what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about um, Phase 4, what, what Phase 4 has been so far, and what we can expect at the Hall H panel at San, San Diego Comic-Con. And talk a little bit about the future of the MCU. Okay, and, and it doesn't really make sense for me to talk about all of that on on the day that the MCU panel is happening. So I decided to just do all that here. So we are going to do it. I hope you guys are excited. Um, and if you uh, if you need to go grab a... Pause this podcast, grab something cold to drink, and uh, sit back and enjoy the show. Because it's going to be a very long one. Also, wanted to kind of warn you guys a little bit. Um, it's a little hot in the studio room, so I uh, am deciding to uh, turn on my fan here. Uh, so you're going to hear the fan uh, going on in the background. But I'm going to try and talk as closely to the mic as possible. So, um, And also you're going to be hearing a lot of this. <sighs> it always frustrates people when I do that on on camera. By the way... Um, sparkling ice kiwi strawberry flavor. Um, sponsor me, you selfish assholes. Anyway, all right, guys. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the MCU. You know, we all love the MCU. From from the moment Tony Stark said "I am Iron Man" to uh, in front of a press conference full of journalists to the moment where he said it again in front of Thanos. We have loved this universe of just outlandish characters, but also characters who become very lovable and memorable. But I've noticed this, though. This is what I've noticed, okay, guys? And that is... Marvel Phase 4 has been a little bit less than stellar, according to a lot of uh, MCU fans. Um, Now, I certainly have my fair share of issues with Phase 4, but I will say, overall, I have enjoyed Phase 4. Have I loved it as much as Phase 1 through 3? Not exactly, but I I have enjoyed uh, Phase 4 so far. And, uh... You know, I, I think a lot of people go, well, Zeke, the, the, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man No Way Home are the only two good films in Phase 4. Okay, well, I'm going to break down for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by breaking down the, the movies slash shows that I loved from Phase 4 so far. Uh, first one, I'm going to, and this is in no particular order, okay? This is no, in no particular order. But the first one I'm going to mention, WandaVision. Second one I'm going to mention, Spider-Man No Way Home. Third one I'm going to mention, Shang-Chi. 
Um, Eternals. I Yes, I loved Eternals. It's in my top ten favorite films of the MCU. Um, and I honestly, I'll be honest, now that it's ended, now that we've seen the entire the entirety of it, I really loved Miss Marvel. Overall, I loved Miss Marvel. I think the finale really did save um, that that show from being disappointing, and I thought it was great. And I'll be honest; these are the now we get into and and that kind of transitioned us into the movies slash shows that I liked in Phase Four, not loved but liked. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Moon Knight. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. Yes, I actually really enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. Do I have my issues with it? Yeah. And if you want to know my thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder, go listen to the uh, podcast. Go listen to uh, uh, the podcast from uh, two weeks ago, and uh, you'll know my thoughts there. But I I liked Thor Love and Thunder. I liked Doctor Strange. Um, I liked Moon Knight, and I like Falcon Winter Soldier. Do my Do I have my issues with all of those shows? Yeah, I have my issues with them. They're not perfect. Um, I definitely do think um, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Moon Knight both suffer from lackluster finales. Um, I definitely thought the finale was weak of both of those shows. Um, and obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder, I mean, they're not the best films in the MCU, but I do think they are very good. They're very good. Very good movies. And, you know... I haven't liked, but that doesn't mean I've liked everything. And these are definitely the movies and shows that I did not like. Uh, what if? Again, this is in no particular order, but what if Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Loki? I'll be honest with you. A lot of people are going to be surprised by the fact that I put Loki in there. It's like, what? You put Loki there, but it's still going. I don't care. I personally thought Loki was a little bit disappointing. Um, I thought the first two episodes were fantastic. Then episode three took a really big turn um, that almost, for me, um, ruined the show. And then episode four happens, and it's great. Episode five was good, not great, but good. And then I thought the finale was complete, utter garbage. I was so let down by the finale. Um, Black Widow... Black Widow, I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. But having watched it again, and I own the 4K of Black Widow, having seen it again, I I just have more and more issues. I think the villains of that film really... Like, if you took the villains out of that film, I think that that movie is actually very fun and very enjoyable. But those villains, I think, very much ruined the movie for me. I I do think they are the worst villains in the MCU. Yes, even worse than Malekith from Thor The Dark World. Uh, Taskmaster and... um, Oh, gosh. What was the the Russian boss's name? Um, They mentioned... They name-drop him in Avengers. Um... I think it's I think it's Drakeoff. I'm not sure, but I'm someone's gonna correct me later. Um, but yeah, no. Like overall, out of all of these projects, you know, we've had like a, a 13 MCU projects. Out of those 13, 
I've liked nine of those projects. I've liked slash loved nine of them. You know? Are they, you know, is, like like I said, is Falcon and Winter Soldier perfect? No, but I liked it. Is Moon Knight perfect? No, but I liked it. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi, I feel like, are two of my favorite films in the entire MCU. WandaVision, I, I still don't understand why a lot of people hate on WandaVision. Because that show, I thought, was so damn good and is so misunderstood. Um, you know, Eternals, I, I, to this day... I don't understand the hate on Eternals. I really don't. Like I'm, I, I'll be honest. I saw. I remember. I was hearing all these people going, going. I, I mean, all film is subjective, and and if you didn't like it, that's fine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not judging you as a person for not liking Eternals. But I will say, I, I, I've, I heard all these people saying this is the worst movie in Marvel. Marvel has made has made their worst movie ever with Eternals, and I just remember watching it going. What's everyone talking about? This isn't that bad. This is great. You know? And so, yeah, I, I just, like, I... Out of all of the stuff from Phase 4 that has come out, I have liked the majority of what I've seen. Have I loved everything that I've seen? No. Like like I said, What If was a piece of crap. Hawkeye was very disappointing. Black Widow, disappointing. And Loki was very disappointing. So, yeah, I haven't loved everything from Phase 4. Um, so, with that being said, I do want to talk about the what are what are some of the problems that I've had with Phase Four. I'm, I'm going to talk about the problems that I've had with Phase Four because I don't want I don't want you guys. You know, I've had so many people go, "Oh, Vink, you're just saying this all because you are a Marvel fanboy. You never want to acknowledge the problem with Marvel movies. You freaking fanboy. You stupid seal. <laughs> Shut up." Shut up. Anyway, uh, here are the problems with Phase 4 that I have, okay? Um, and again, this is in no particular order, okay? First one I'm going to mention is this. Relying way too much on fan service. Now, for a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home, fan service actually worked in that film's favor because the fan service in the movie was integral to, the, to what the, what they were, what, to the story that they were telling. You know, like they didn't have Toby and Andrew show up for like 30 seconds just because, oh, yeah, it's Toby and Andrew. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. But by the way, it's Toby and Andrew. And we're just we're just here to be a glorified cameo. No, they were incredibly important. Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield came in and were basically there to kind of help Peter and basically tell him that he's kind of going through his with great power comes great responsibility moments and we've all been through this too and and that was integral but but even something like the illuminati scene from multiverse of madness come on i mean i, I look seeing that moment where wanda goes in and kills all of the members of the illuminati again spoilers but when that moment happened i i was happy like i was like oh this is so cool but I was watching it at first going, this feels like fan service. And kind of not great fan service. Um, even Sam Raimi said it in the director's commentary. He was like, 
Yeah, no. Uh, Marvel asked us to put John, uh, Marvel uh, cast John Krasinski as Reed Richards because uh, the fans wanted to see him. And I feel like that's, you know, and then also having like Wong and um, having Wong and um, Abomination and Shang-Chi. And I love, look, I love Shang-Chi. You guys know how much I love Shang-Chi. But even having Wong and Abomination and Shang-Chi was, was kind of pointless. But, I mean, Wong eventually did serve his purpose in the post credit scene. So I'm not too mad about Wong, but... But, like, even Abomination. Like, why did Abomination need to be there? You know? And it just goes back to my point that they are... They're relying too much on fan service. In fact, one of the reasons why I really loved Moon Knight is... I mean, why I liked Moon Knight and why... This is an aspect that I think Moon Knight did better than any of the other Phase 4 projects is that... There really wasn't that much fan service. It just felt like a story that they were just trying to tell. You know? Now, granted, we can all complain about the finale. And, yeah, the finale kind of sucked. But but I, I, I'll, I'll give it this. It, at least it didn't try and shoehorn so much fan service. Um, so, speaking of the Disney Plus shows. That's actually my second issue. Is that these Disney Plus shows, they're just way too short. Giving us six episodes of Moon Knight, Falcon War Soldier, Loki, Miss Marvel, it's hurting the shows. It's hurting the storytelling. Doing six episodes, it's like I said, it's it's very much hurting the storytelling. And I'll be honest, had Moon Knight been given at least three more episodes to really develop certain concepts that were quote-unquote paid off in the finale, I feel like we would have had a much better season finale had we had been given two more episodes to in between episode five and the finale, you know? Um, because the show was great. The show was great, I thought, up until the finale. Like, I loved episodes one through five i thought they were great but then we get to episode six and we're like why does this feel rushed you know like why is jake lockley showing up at the last minute and don't get me wrong i love jake lockley showing up that's awesome that is some really cool stuff and you know jake lockley was always one of my favorites of the personality so it was cool to see him there but it's like what what story purpose is like what's this setting up like where are we going with this and uh, yeah, I just think that just goes to show that the sixth episode formula is just not working. Now, hopefully, when She-Hulk drops, because She-Hulk, I believe, is going to be nine episodes. Hopefully, when She-Hulk drops, we will get a better understanding of okay, okay, yes, this is a better format. So yeah, um, the third thing I'm going to mention is this, and this and this is coming from a storytelling thing, okay. What is the hierarchy of power in the MCU? And what I mean by that is that we have been introduced to so many ideas and so many so many godlike beings in the MCU. The Celestials. Okay, we we have the Celestials, which in Eternals they they establish that the Celestials are kind of the ones who created the universe, right? Then we have the the gods. We have Norse and Greek and Egyptian gods and we have, you know, 
Bao, the god of dumplings, and all the stuff, Omnipotent City. And then you have characters like the Watcher, who the Watcher's this guy who kind of keeps an eye on all the multi on the entire multiverse, the clandestines, the TVA. Like, who is like what's the ranking? You know, does the TVA have control over the Celestials? Do the Celestials have control over the TVA? What's the hierarchy of power, and who has the most authority? You know, because I feel like that whole aspect of the MCU is really effed up, you know? And also, I mean, I I don't have this here, but I don't, I don't have this here, but I, I gotta mention, like, it's like, I feel like the MCU is, is ignoring, like, what's the world's reaction to some, some of the things that's happened so far? Like... Like, what's the world... I, I understand that the that Phase 4 has been about exploring a world... What does the MCU look like post-Thanos and post-Endgame? But it's like... Like, what's the world's reaction to a giant celestial coming out... Like, popping up in the sky? Or what's the reaction to... You know, there's these Egyptian gods who have turned into Godzilla-sized creatures fighting in Egypt. What's what's the reaction there? And where the hell are the Avengers when that's going on? You know, Khonshu does this whole thing in Moon Knight where he is shifting uh, uh, the skies. And it's like, you mean to tell me none of the other heroes on Earth are looking at that and going, that's a little suspicious. You know? It's like, it's just like, what, like... Why are we not kind of focusing on this on this other stuff? I feel like um, the MCU is kind of ignoring some of these big questions. So um, yeah, that's that's number three. Okay, what is the hierarchy of power in the MCU? The fourth thing I'm going to mention is this: the endings of these stories are just lackluster. Um. Now, with Shang-Chi, I thought Shang-Chi had a very satisfying ending. But even Shang-Chi is leaving us with more questions. Who are the Ten Rings sending a message to? You know, that's a big hanging thread. And we still don't have the answer for that. You would think we would have gotten it in Ms. Marvel, Marvel. Because there's seems to be some kind of a connection between the Ten Rings and uh, because the bangle was found in the Ten Rings temple so is is there a connection between those two and then also and this is goes on about now let's let's be honest the reason why they did that whole why the ending of Spider-Man No Way Home happened was because they Marvel at this point doesn't know what Spider-Man's future is. Is he going to stay in the MCU or is he going to go back to Sony? We we kind of don't know at this point. But even that, it's like, I feel like we should get an answer as to what's going on with Spider-Man in the MCU. Like, like, like if he joins the Avengers but then takes off his mask, does he just have to reintroduce himself to everybody? Or does, or is he just gonna keep his mask on in front of the Avengers? Is he just gonna show up as Spider-Man and just he's only gonna be known as Spider-Man, you know? Or is he gonna take off his mask and introduce and reintroduce? Hey guys, I'm Peter Parker. Oh hey guys, I'm Peter Parker. Oh hey guys, I'm Peter Parker. You know, is he gonna do that? Like, 
I don't know. It just it just seems that is if he comes back into the MCU, because again, I feel like the reason why they did that is because Marvel and Sony have no idea what his future is uh, going forward, whether he's going to stay in the MCU or he's going to go back to Sony. So we really we really have no idea at this point. The fifth thing I'm going to mention is this introducing really high concepts now in phase three we were introduced to asgard we were introduced to the kree we were introduced to a talking tree and a talking raccoon we were introduced to some really goofy things in in phase one through three in the Infinity Saga, there was some really, really goofy stuff being introduced. But again, all of it felt, like, understandable. Like, like they all they had to do was basically give one sentence of explanation. We understood exactly what it was, you know. But here, we're being introduced to the TVA, the Time Variance Authority... And it's still up in the air on what their authority is on 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 in the in the timeline, like what their what their whole purpose is. Um, we've been introduced to the multiverse, and even that, I feel like we didn't get all of the answers about what the multiverse is. Um. Uh, these and and it's, it's it feels like in every single MCU movie we're being introduced to a new either in a new MCU movie or a new TV show it, I feel like we're being introduced to a new dimension it's like here's the dimension of the week you know it's like we're being introduced to the newer dimension um Tao Lo and Shang-Chi the ancestral planes the uh, the Egyptian afterlife um uh Eternity, Valhalla, and etc. We're being introduced to all the stuff. Also, it, and this is something I never brought up in my in my Thor: Love and Thunder view. But going back to Eternity, if that is all, all they had to do, all all Gore had to do was get the was get Stormbreaker, open the Bifrost, and get to Eternity and make his wish, and then it happens, right? Why didn't Thanos think of doing that? Why the hell didn't Thanos think, hey, if I... Because everyone basically knew about it. Gore knew about it. Valkyrie knew. Uh, Thor knew what it was. It's like... It's like... How does that... That doesn't really make any sense to me. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, yeah. Introducing us to some really high concepts... And really, they're not really giving us a better enough explanation for any of this stuff. The next thing I'm going to bring up, and and this might be the biggest reason why Phase 4 just isn't as popular as Phase 1 through 3. And that is this. Steve, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark are gone. Iron Man is gone. Steve Rogers is gone. Your key, your the two people who kind of led the MCU and led this era and made us fall in love with this world are no longer are no longer there. 
And now I'm not saying they had to keep Tony Stark alive because look, I'm okay with killing off characters. I think that's an important way of making sure you you have a, a finale. That, like that was, you know, Tony Stark's death in Endgame is incredible. It's it's amazing. But it also is kind of like, well, okay, but now it's like, now you're expecting me to care about some of the supporting characters. No offense to Sam Wilson, but you're you're kind of forcing me to get attached to Sam Wilson, which I liked him better as a supporting character, you know? Now, granted, you're introducing us to some big marquee players like Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and Shang-Chi. But even that, it's like, it's like, you know, are you really getting us attached to these characters? Now, Shang-Chi, I feel like, did a good job of getting us invested in the character. But Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, did we? I mean, I mean, I love Kamala Khan, but, but does the average... The average viewer watch Miss Marvel and feel attached, like like that's that's just my that's that's just something that I. Whereas with T- Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, the minute they were introduced, that like whoa that I like these guys instantly. I like these guys, but uh yeah. Uh, and then number seven I have here, but it's going to kind of lead into what I'm talking about. And it's the lack of a clear plan. And I think that might change after Comic-Con. So now let's talk about what we can expect from Comic-Con. Okay? Let's talk about that for a second. What what can we expect from the Hall H panel at San Diego? This is the first time in two years. Three years, actually. Three years. That Marvel has had a panel, a live panel at Hall H. First time. And it's the first big San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, they're going to be at D23. So we know we're going to get a bunch of stuff at D23. But what are we going to get at Comic-Con? Now, I'm going to start with the things that I feel like for sure we're going to get looks at. Number one. As far as Disney Plus content goes, I think we're going to get our an extended look at She-Hulk. Probably another trailer for She-Hulk. Um, th- I think you're going to see a first look at the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, an announcement about what the Halloween special is going to be. And then I think they're going to give us a first look at Season 2 for Loki and What If. And the last thing I think they're going to show as far as Disney Plus content goes, I think they're going to give us a sneak peek for uh, sneak peek and release date announcement for X-Men 97, which is going to be the continuation of the old 90s X-Men cartoon. As far as MCU films is concerned, uh, I think we're definitely going to get a trailer. Now, look, I thought we were going to get a trailer to play in front of Thor Love and Thunder, but I was dead wrong on that. But I do think we're going to get our first trailer for Wakanda Forever, and I think if we do, I think if we do, that's going to break the internet right then and there. Um, first, I think 
they're going to show first looks at Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, the Marvels, and definitely some, especially if they show footage for the holiday special, you can, you damn well know they're going to show something from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I do think those two are, um, are more are more likely than what I'm about to talk about, but yeah, I think those are very much likely. I think there's a possible there's a possibility that we get some news on Blade, as far as casting director. I mean, we I'm I'm pretty sure we know who the director is, and we know Mahershala Ali is starring in it, but I think we're gonna get a full cast, full full casting, and there's a rumor, there's a big rumor going around. That Anthony Starr from The Boys is possibly going to be playing the villain in Blade. Now I don't know where that rumor is coming from. Maybe it's coming from a from a unreliable source. But I will say, if that's the case, oh, that's pretty damn good casting. That is some damn damn good casting. Um, again, I don't know that for sure. I, don't run with it. It's just it's a rumor being spread around on Twitter. So I don't even know. If it's real or not. So take that with a huge grain of salt. But I do think we're going to get some news on Blade. Um, plus at the last Comic Con that Marvel did. They dropped a huge ball by bringing out Mahershala Ali. And announcing Mahershala Ali is going to be our Blade. And we heard his voice. We heard his voice at the end of Eternal. So... There's a possibility we could get some news on it. And then the fourth thing I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I think we're gonna get some casting and director news for Fantastic Four. And I'm calling it right now. I think Kevin Feige is gonna be like, oh, and one more thing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John your director. For Fantastic Four, and the screen's gonna go black. It's gonna show John Krasinski in the scene in Doctor Strange, him appearing as Reed Richards, and John Krasinski is gonna come out on stage and announce that he's starring and directing Fantastic Four. Again, I, I, that's pure speculation on my part. That is pure speculation on my part. Now, I do have another thing I want to talk about, which is. What are some of the possible surprise announcements? What are some of the things we might see? What is possible? You know? Because Marvel likes to shock the world at Comic-Con. Marvel really likes to pull off big... Uh, to quote uh, John Campia, big surprises. They like to pull off some really huge surprises at Comic-Con. Whether that's bringing Tom Hiddleston out as Loki, um, bringing out Mahershala, bringing out Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, bringing out Mahershala Ali as as Blade, um, you know they like they like to steal the show at Comic Con. They really do like to steal the show at Comic Con. So, what are some of the possible surprise announcements? Well, I'll start with the I'll start from I'll start with this one. An announcement of a new Spider-Man movie. 
again, we don't know what the future is for Spider-Man, whether he's going to go back to Sony or if he's going to stay in the MCU. But I think it's possible we could get a surprise announcement from from Marvel. Um, a Phase 5 announcement. I mean, Marvel did that last time. The last time they were at Comic-Con, they announced Phase 4. Could we possibly get a Phase 5 announcement? Maybe, maybe not. We will have to wait and see. Um, a possible announcement for an X-Men movie. I mean, look... There's been a lot of talk about X-Men, and we just saw in the finale of Miss Marvel, mutants are now in the MCU. So are we going to get an X-Men movie now? I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying this is one of the possible surprise announcements. The last one, I saved this one for last. Because I think if, if Marvel does this, if Marvel pulls this announcement off at Comic-Con... First of all, it will break the internet. But second of all, if this announcement happens, my studio is going to be soaked in my own pee. Because I'm telling you what, you talk about Deadpool 3, you bring out Ryan Reynolds Sean uh, and Sean Levy on stage to announce officially when Deadpool 3 is coming. I will piss my pants. I will piss myself. Because we heard Kevin Feige a long time ago say that Deadpool will be rated R and it is going to take place in the MCU. And there were and they were working on a script and that was back in 2020. That was last year when WandaVision was coming out. And the writers of Deadpool have said that Disney is not letting is is letting them go for it. Maybe Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy come out on stage and go, "Yep, we're doing Deadpool. We're doing Deadpool 3. And then he's and then and then if and then if they do this, if they pull this announcement out, forget peeing on my bed. I'm gonna be taking a crap in my pants. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Coming back for Deadpool 3, Hugh Jackman. I'll I'll crap myself. I will crap my pants if that happens. So, yeah. Again, I am not saying these are absolute. I'm not saying these are going to happen. I'm just saying these are possible surprise announcements. Because, again, Marvel has done that in the past. Oh, yeah, we're doing all these movies. But let's let's... But we have one more thing. We have one more thing. Bring out Mahershala Ali's Blade. Like Marvel does like to do that. Especially at Comic Con. And you know Marvel did that whole um, event at the El Capitan Theater a few years ago. When they were announcing Phase 3. And they shocked the world by not just announcing their Phase 3 slate, but they shocked the world by announcing that Chadwick Boseman was going to be playing Black Panther. The late, great Chadwick Boseman was going to be playing T'Challa. But I will say this. Um, if, if you were to ask me, Zeke, out of all of the MCU movies, though, what do you think is most likely to happen? Most likely what's to happen? Wakanda Forever trailer. Especially since the fans 
have been asking for a trailer for that film. Uh, we got a we got a leaked image, like a leaked concept art of uh, of Namor having this uh, Aztec look to him. Um, so I think there's a possibility. There's a a big possibility that we could see a Wakanda Forever trailer. And then maybe, maybe our first look at um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the Marvels, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, that's just some of the stuff I think we're going to see. At And again, the, the possible surprise announcements. I'm not saying any of these four things that I mentioned are going to happen. I'm just saying it's possible. It's possible. Now... Before we, we end the episode here, let me let me end it with this one thing. If someone were to, to ask me, Zeke, what is the main thing you want to see out of this panel at Comic-Con? I just want to get a sense of what the storytelling plan is for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe give us a hint at who's the next big bad is that we'll be heading towards. Give us some clue about what characters like Eternals, like the Eternals, Moon Knight, Shang-Chi, Fantastic Four, what role are they going to play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward? Um, how does the multiverse tie into what you're doing, you know? Because Kevin Feige at CinemaCon, Kevin Feige talked about it um, talked about how uh, he said um, now we have this new storytelling device with the multiverse, and it's going to open up a lot new, po- a lot more possibilities. How is that going to tie into what you're already introducing with Shang Chi and Fantastic War, Moon Knight, and all that stuff? How's that all going to tie in? You know, um, don't forget Secret Invasion too. I mean, I can't believe I forgot to mention that, but Secret Invasion. We might get our first look at Secret Invasion. You know. But my, my big thing that I'm trying to point out here is is right now, Marvel has not given us a sense of what their plan is going forward. Mainly because I feel like they were focusing on just telling... On just basically doing an entire exploration on trauma. You know, whether that's through WandaVision or Doctor Strange, Eternals. You know... How do the events of like 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 how did the events of Endgame impact the the universe going forward? And I think we've seen that, but right about now is the time for you to start really showing us, okay, what's your plan here? What's what's the plan going forward? You know? We've we got to see what what the universe is like. We got we got to see what the what the world looks like post endgame, but now we need to start getting a better sense of what your plan is. We need to start getting a better sense of what your plan is because right now we don't have a clue. And it's honestly kind of getting frustrating a little bit, just because again, it's like you know uh, well do you like you know, so I think if anything, um, 
that's what we should get, and I hope I hope we do. I hope we do. So, uh, but guys, that will do it for this week's episode of the Web Swingers Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, while you're here, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Make sure you review the episodes. That's important, guys. Reviewing the episodes is important because it because it helps more people see it. When you give us a positive review, you are actually helping us grow. So please make sure if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please make sure you review the podcast and leave us a positive one. It we would generally appreciate we would genuinely appreciate it. Um, and also, guys, make sure you share the episodes. That's another way that's going to help us grow, is if you share the episodes. If, if you like this episode, please share it. Tell your friends about it. You know, if you got other friends that love Spider-Man and the, and the MCU and, and the, the Sony Spider-Verse, although I don't know who likes the Sony Spider-Verse, but if you do, awesome, cool for you. Tell them to come listen to the show because we're going to talk about all that stuff. I'm definitely going to be doing an episode next week talking about what was shown and what was announced at Comic-Con. So I'm going to be doing all that neck on next week's episode, which will premiere on its normal day on Saturday. It will premiere on its normal day. So don't, don't worry about that. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but with all that down guys, uh, that will do it for this episode guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, please make sure you share it and subscribe. I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the geek said so. And don't forget guys with great power comes great responsibility.